1: These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. We got a lot going on. We got some earnings. Uh, we got... Not so much ratings as rating singular. One big rating from yesterday is the, the Goldman Sachs upgrade of Tesla. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got some mergers. We got a lot going on today. We're going to talk pot with our guest, Alan Brockstein from New Cannabis Ventures and the 420 Investor. He would join the show at 835. Give us his thoughts on that hot sector. we got the SPACs running again today. It's just a lot going on here. So I want to remind you all before I throw it to Joel, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Joel, how are we doing this morning?
3: Uh, we're doing pretty good. Uh, we're up uh, three quarters of a handle, 36.68. Uh, your pre-market high, just above yesterday's high at 745 that was the high. High of the move seventy seven fifty. Wednesday's high seventy two seventy five. So a little overhead resistance here. Going ahead into the jobs number tomorrow. Don't forget about that. We got the jobs data. Uh, we have crude. Um, that's in the red by twenty nine cents at forty four ninety nine. That forty six dollar level still looming large. Gold. This could be three days in a row being up eighteen forty four forty up. Uh, eight, it's up by uh, 1420, trying to get back to that old old support, new resistance brick wall there at 1860, folks. I can tell you that right now. Uh silver rebounding as well. That's up 28 and a half cents at 24.345. And Bitcoin, now we're now we're just hanging. Now we're finding support in the nineteen thousand handle. Would you ever believe that? No. We've had one low in the 19,000 handle. We got working on another one today. I think it's
4: gearing up to go again. Uh, I'm long it via the QBTC. I think it's going again. I just don't. It's all about story, the story, story, story. And this is going to be a story of 2021, I think. That's why I finally got long Bitcoin at the 17,000 marker. I know I paid up somewhat, but. I just think the story is not going away and the story could actually get very hot.
3: You nailed it, man. That one day, that was I uh, gave you
4: one day, man.
3: You, you had your Thanksgiving. <laughs> I I get,
4: was, yeah, well, it's a Thanksgiving holiday and I got to go get buy it. Bitcoin because I'm like, I may not get another chance.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, i got to do it. it, man. I mentioned it before. Like I came in down to look at the markets because, you know, the spooze trade and I see Bitcoin down like 2,000 and I'm getting ready to text that five minutes later. I'm long Bitcoin. I buy the dip. Yeah, You were going to tell me, hey, you're
4: getting your dip to buy. I was like, yeah, I just bought it. <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. I'm like, yeah. Everybody's talking about Bitcoin falling 10%. I'm buying. Yep, me.
3: <laughs> you should uh, send an email to uh, Mark Yusko is what you should do. And talk well,
4: if I, if I double my money, I'll send an email to Mark Yusko. So I'll sell half when I double it, and then I play with the house's money forever. That's how you okay. do
3: it. And now, and now we got uh, now CNBC. They have it on their, you know, on their little uh, quote board in the corner there. That's
4: where, you know, if they start talking about it. And I mean, it's CNBC is just driving, driving, driving stocks. It's like you because you have so many, yeah, obviously in the meet, you know, you have so many people who are just following CNBC, newer traders, you know, trying to get their trading ideas. But I mean, some of these moves. That move last night on Kramer from that one SPAC, what is it, like GMHI or what the heck is it, Spencer? Um, it actually was GMHI, but I believe the merger, I believe it changed today, didn't it? What is yeah, it?
2: That's, that's the one.
4: It, it's got a new symbol today.
3: How can you keep track of all these symbols? Oh, there's wait, so wait.
4: much. So GMHI, the SPAC became, I believe it's Luminar? Luminar? Yeah, yep, that's correct. What's the new symbol for Luminar?
3: L-U-M-R?
2: Uh-huh. I had it here. I'm just
4: guessing. Yeah. I'm I I guessing that, that too, Joe. I'm trying to guess it. Um, no. It's not LMNR. No. Anybody know it? Chat, help us out. What's the new symbol it's, for Luminar?
2: No, it's not it.
4: L-A-Z-R.
2: Thank you. Thank chat
4: you. is all Thank over you. it. Our Thank chat you. rocks. You guys are awesome. L-A-Z-R. So anyway, so it obviously, the merger closed here. The stock is just ripping up to new highs. I wanted to start the show, not with the Tesla upgrade, but I want to start the show. I'm calling it the SPAC. Washout low Wednesday. All of these SPACs, everybody panicked, hit the panic button yesterday. And there was so many SPACs that just had ridiculously low prices about, well, right about when this LAZR, if you go look at this chart, just around half an hour after the open, everybody, they were puking and they kept puking and people were like, I got to get out. And that was the bottom. And LZR might be the poster child for what we're talking about. It hit 14 bucks on the kisser yesterday. One day later, it is 23 and making new highs. One day later. So somebody sold a 14. It is $23 here this morning. You can thank Jim Cramer for a lot of this move because he featured this one last night. He's been doing a segment uh, for the last three days. It's three SPACs in three days. He started this one teasing it, saying, I actually like this one. So you knew he was going to be bullish. And when he mentioned gmhi which was the symbol yesterday the stock was 1850 and in the next 10 seconds it went to 20 and in the next 10 minutes it went to 21 and a half and he actually said buy some of this tomorrow and this is what jim kramer said i'm not saying this but he said buy some of this tomorrow buy a piece and then if it pulls back buy more so he's very rarely that bullish on something so but this one you know he flat out said to buy it and when he flat out says to buy it, everyone listens. It's up twenty eight percent, and I bet you twenty percent of that move. People are going to say it's the merger, but if you look at the time and sales from last night, you can clearly see that it was Mad Money where the bulk of that what move what time happened was it, Chief? Night.
3: What time was it?
4: It hit. I tweeted it out actually because somebody was arguing with me that it was because of the merger that it was. People up. should I know mean,
3: not to argue with you. I
4: mean, and and, and the merger helps. It would have probably been up because of the merger, but if you the actually time. look at the time. That it was, I, I. we'll go to the time and sales of when he actually- I'm going to guess
3: it, 18.30.
4: 18.26.45, <laughs> the exact seconds when Jim Kramer mentions the stock, GMHI. In the next 10 seconds, from 18.26 to 18.20, it goes from 18.75 to 20. And then in the next 10 minutes, it goes up to 21.75 as he's obviously continuing to tell the story and pitch the stock. So it went from 18.75 to 21.75, up three points- in the 10 minute segment, the exact 10 minute segment that Jim Kramer was featuring the stock. So it obviously was a big Kramer pump. There's still another couple bucks in there. The other couple bucks is probably because the merger closed. So it was probably going to be up regardless, but Kramer really pumped this one last night.
3: Okay. All right. What uh, hey, it's
2: not the only SPAC that's running here this morning. A they all of-
4: turned yesterday. So yeah. go
2: ahead. You've got LCA running. Uh, they're Looks like they're going to close their deal with Gold Nugget Online. They announced a date, yeah. December 18th, is the date to approve the, the merger. Uh, so, Dennis, you've been holding this one. I've been wondering, it's been like, I don't know how long it's been six months since they announced the merger and they haven't actually closed it yet. And we had no idea when it was going to happen. So, the fact that they gave it, put a definitive date on it means it's going to close. And so, LCA is ripping on that headline this morning. I want to put this tracker in the chat that I found um, the other day, SPACTrack.net. Um, because it is impossible to keep track of all these specs.
4: There's so many. You and, sent me the list, like you were sending me a list of them. I was like, "What's EV specs?" And you sent me a list of like a bazillion of them. <laughs> There's so man. many. That's an awesome list. So can we show that? Actually, show it on the thing. So you put the link in. Show I just, what you're I showing. Because this is, that, this is yeah. SPAC track. Can we show it?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Let me show the link.
4: Me. So it's backtrack.net. And it's showing you the active SPACs with all of the information. Great tool to use. You can see the ones that got deals. You can see the ones that, you know, have, you know, or don't have any deal and they're still searching. It tells you what they are. There's so many SPACs out there, man. There are so many of these things. So you can just look, but great tool here, the SPAC track tool, and you can see it. Um, he's literally just scrolling just through. Scroll, you can just yeah, give through. us a couple examples in there. You know, obviously, you see some big names in there, but so, if you scroll so you down.
2: You can filter it right by almost by industry. You can filter by uh, whether they've had a whether they've merged or whether they've not. They haven't merged yet. Um, but it's literally just alphabetical order, and it's got all the information.
4: So it's spa. So those who are listening and are, are on Spotify and can't see what your look is showing at, it's spactrack.net. And then you can go to active SPACs and you can see everything that's happening. Great information here, giving you all the information on the current SPACs and what's going on. Yeah. So I'm long. We know I've got a bunch of the SPACs. I actually bought some more SPACs in the last day on SPAC washout day. I did do some buy the dipping. Yes, people are saying I tweet out that I bought Palantir yesterday. Yes, I am indeed long now Palantir. I bought the dip yesterday because I saw a lot of rebounds and a lot of these little Momo names. And I was like, okay, well, this one was being held down by the downgrade. But this one could get hot again, too. I personally think the 21.15 low is going to hold. That's why I bought it yesterday at 22.40. I think I paid 22.43. So I bought it right near the close because I was like, I think it can rebound. And then it did. So, or it is rebounding here this morning. But I mean, it's just, you know, the turn, Jamiah turn was just incredible yesterday. The stock was getting just thrown out for dead in the first 10 minutes of the day. And it went all the way down to 24.53. The stock turned. About 10 a.m. 10 and never. It went, ran to 30 in the next hour. So from 24 to 30. And then it continued up for pretty much the rest of the afternoon, closing at 32.70. Which so one? You're talking is... about like a nine-point reversal. Yeah. Which one? Oh, JMIA, J-M-I-A. 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 Yeah,
3: yeah. And no it's
4: not a SPAC, but it's just it's, <laughs> just it's throw I'm throwing it <laughs> in there because it's the Momo, the small Momo tech names that are all moving together right now. But you look at most of the SPACs, the same thing. You had a lot of washout lows yesterday. What do we mean with washout low? It's when the people who are along it panic and say, oh my goodness, I'm losing all my money. I got to get out, just sell. That happened around 9.45. It's called capitulation. And you saw, obviously, Jemiah go from $41 a couple of days ago and wash out down to 24. You know, the Luminar one that we just talked about, the L, or what, what, what is the symbol? I've already lost it again. L-A-Z-R?
2: L-A-Z-R. L-A-Z-R.
4: L-A-Z-R. L-A-Z-R. You know, same thing. Two days ago, it was 1971, it washed out to 14, now at $23. So um, if you were buying these facts around 10 a.m. yesterday morning, you are doing very well here this morning. Yeah. And, and yes, I was doing buy the dip. Yes, yes, indeed. I did buy CRM as well. So <laughs> the, the chat's like, what about CRM? What about CRM? Did you buy the dip in CRM? I took a half size position in CRM because you were completely trying to catch a falling knife. Yeah. There's no, nothing to lean on. So I went a half size and I said to myself, if it goes lower, I'm going to buy the other half, but I do believe that CRM will eventually rebound. So yes, I bought two stocks yesterday along with a couple other little, um, you know, SPACs as well, but two main purchases yesterday, Palantir and CRM, half size position actually in both of them. Palantir, I only took did a half you, size Did you
3: too. use the level that I, I told you to use in on CRM? CRM? Yes. I mean,
4: Joel, you are like an, a trading genius. <laughs> he says when we were talking about the level at yesterday's show, Joel's talking about the level of 228. I'm talking about 228 and saying, what well, could bottom of those two lows. And you talked about the filling of the gap and it filled the gap a little by bit a more than bucks. filling the gap yeah. by a couple bucks. But I mean, if you were looking at that saying, okay, the gap fill is here and it just did it. What we mean by the gap, Phil, is we're, Joel's looking back to August when the stock gapped up from 218.35 up to 249.47. I believe. Was that the Dow Jones when it became part of the er, Dow Jones?
3: Er, or was it Dow Jones earnings on the same day or something? There, there was there, a there,
4: Dow Jones move in there. I feel like that was Dow Jones gap. Um, I think the August, if you go to the pro, I think that was the Dow Jones gap.
2: The best part about the pro is we can go and find out. So, yeah,
4: so it would have been the night of the 25th that it would have been announced they're always announced that usually an yeah after evening. the close that, So i think
2: that was that was earnings is what that was oh it was earnings that was just
4: that wasn't the dow jones gap when was the dow jones
2: gap Remember uh that dow jones was shortly um before that just shortly before
3: that
4: yeah um, anyways okay so fill that gap the huge gap in the chart and um joel you called it man congratulations on the call beautiful call i'd didn't buy it at two eighteen. I wish I would have had my order out there. I actually paid two. I paid right around the close again. I, I, was, I, was, I was at right before the close. And I was like, you know what? I want to buy a couple of stocks. I bought some Palantir and I bought some Salesforce. I think I paid right around the two twenty seventy eight close. So Ray Gonzalez
3: half size, Dennis. Ray Gonzalez wants to. I mean, it's pretty. Because because I'm trying
4: to catch a falling knife and I'm scared <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'll, I'm just gonna take. And whenever I take a half size, I'm usually wrong. So don't follow me. It means I'm not totally convicted. It means I want a piece, but I don't I, I don't know about my timing. So it's basically when I when I put a half size position in my long term portfolio, it's like I like the t- I like the, the stock and I think it's cheap enough, but I don't know about my timing. So when I'm like usually I go in 80% of the time I go all in. I don't do this half size crap. But in this case, I was like, it's falling, catching a falling knife. I was like, I want to participate, but I'm not sure this is the bottom. So, anyways, that's what I did. So I bought Sierra and Palantir half size positions.
3: All right, uh, planning on we, uh, holding them for right. a while. S and P is hanging around, around unchanged, right? Here at sixty-seven and a quarter. That is your all-time closing high in the S and P. Uh, have been as high as seventy-four fifty. So, are we going to go? Are we going to talk this long? And not mention Tesla.
4: It's that's an unbelievable upgrade so this it seems like every time tesla wants to go down it gets somebody that comes out and defended i did say yesterday i thought it would bounce around the 550 so i was early because it didn't bounce 550 bounce at 541 so about nine points down um man i tell you buy the dip works here again it worked one, they bailed it out. The S and P bailed it out two days ago, and now it's Goldman Sachs bailing out the stock because obviously, you know, it got hit pretty good with the Momo's all getting hit. But GS coming to the rescue here this morning. Give us the details, Mister Israel.
2: Interestingly enough, it does seem like whenever somebody comes out on the bearish side, so that is followed by somebody else coming out on the bullish side. So yesterday, Michael Burry from the Big Short fame, who foresaw the housing crisis, uh, confirmed that he was short Tesla. Uh, that was like midday yesterday. It was like, that was like yesterday, late morning. Um, and then, or maybe the day, maybe even the day before. And then yesterday after hours, Goldman Sachs comes out and upgrades Tesla to buy. Uh, they had downgraded the stock to neutral back in June. So they're going back to buy now, giving it a price target of $780.
4: I will say these analysts do the same thing that we do. They have their reports. And as soon as they're excited to write it, I think they time it when they're going to release it. Because you look at the, you know, there's a nice dip yesterday. So they're like, okay, now we got the dip. So they don't want to be buying at the highs either and then looking bad. They're waiting for a dip to buy. So just as much as, you know, me and you like to buy the dip, the analysts like to release their buy reports on the dips. And that's why, you know, buy the dip works for us too. Because even the analysts that will move the price coming out and trading the same way, looking for a dip. They're like, oh, we want to get bullish GS. We need a pullback. They got the pullback yesterday and they struck. So, and you know what? Think about how many times today this Tesla upgrade by GS is going to get mentioned on CNBC and how much, you know, yeah. you have all, you know, the, the retail crowd that just follows CNBC and loves it. I think it hits 600 today. I wouldn't be surprised if it hits <laughs> a new all-time high. I would not not be fading this
3: upgrade on this. Can as I ask as you a, something though? Can I yeah. ask you something? Yeah. We're, uh would you have faded the Neo upgrade from Goldman Sachs the other day? The did they upgrade Neo? Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's t- a different story. I okay. mean the Tesla still has the S P story here. And now, you know, and Neo, how much you know you get an upgrade it was to neutral, I believe. It wasn't going oh, to get the major okay. media coverage. Okay. Like Tesla is such a storied stock. And now you have, you know, pretend maybe Arguably the most influential, you know, brokerage upgrading the stock to a buy, and not only upgrading to buy, but giving a huge price target. Spencer, what's the price target?
2: Seven eighty.
4: Seven hundred and eighty dollars. Is that street high. No, no, there's be-
2: no. no there's people well, there's
4: ARC, but I mean, like of the of the big guns, who's got a seven eighty on this?
2: Well, thing? it depends. Are, are we counting people's bull case and bear case and base? Oh
4: yeah, we got the bull case <laughs> from Morgan Stanley, the bear <laughs> case where they're hedged and they're right no matter what, <laughs> right?
2: so uh, no, the street high is over is is over a thousand that's from um uh actually no it's not over a thousand that was pre split um i don't know no i'm seeing you know what it might be a street high post split it might be a street high. that's
4: what i'm wondering post split yeah. that's a street high that's a long ways that's a 200 point game. so tesla has run has had this run of a lifetime this year in 2020, we're talking from $100 to $600, and GS thinks it's going another 200 bucks. This is going know. to get some media coverage today, so I think that it pushes it probably higher than 600. I believe I'll go on the record saying I believe Tesla can challenge the 60780 today.
3: it that's so, like 13 points. Don't go 30, out on a limb here. <laughs> that's a long ways up. Still 13 bucks. 13, I'll take 13 points. For Tesla. You try buy a thousand shares and it goes yeah, you're there. thirteen <laughs> points.
4: Well, it's up twenty five, uh, so maybe it's not out of London. What do you think it's
3: doing? Would you be? Fading I, I I'm not gonna. I, I'm, you're I'm long the bloody thing, so you're I not betting the stock. <laughs> Use bloody a lot. It, it, is that the? Do you have some British That's in not you? swear word? Oh, okay.
4: And, the, and yeah, and isn't that bloody? The, is
3: that a London thing? The bloody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking when to I'm Boris. Not on the air, I don't I'm use doing the show with Boris Johnson here. Hey,
4: wait, uh, wait! I'm doing Kenny Glick's show in a week. I won't be using bloody. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: I I saw those tweets going by. I may participate. I I may not too. You're gonna I'll go like, on
4: there too? Yeah, Get he asked bed? me
3: to come out a couple weeks ago, but I'm like, do I feel like sitting? Um, uh. Uh, he drinks beers if, and talks charts. Yeah, awesome. I, I I'm yeah. like. I'll do that. Yeah, that but I awesome. mean, kind of sit in front of the computer a lot. You know what I mean? So whatever, I might hop in for. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other things going on uh, if I know Kenny. But uh, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That all right. Strike so that. Can you strike that from the record?
4: <laughs> it's not like 1631 yeah, people. Oh, just you start start talking <laughs> about
3: Kenny Glick, and we go off the rails here. All right, um, go,
4: go, go. Back to Tesla. Look, Where what are you doing first with your Tesla? I know you're holding cuz Lisa won't let right, you sell, but if right. if you had if you had control of your own account. Which Lisa I got a to. good
3: story for you. Okay, you, you wanna... Give us, okay. let's okay. do the tangent.
4: What's the okay. Tesla story? All
3: right, here's No, it's not Tesla.
4: Oh, okay. Uh, well, what's the story?
3: When Lisa was on the Peloton today, right? Yeah. And I was doing my roller wheel right? Yeah. Uh, you know, doing a couple sets. I said uh, you know, honey, I said, um, I think we should talk about this Peloton a little bit. I said, it's had a great run, and uh, you know, it might not be you know like a bad idea to you know maybe take out our cost basis or whatever. And she's <laughs> like, she's like, why? <laughs> because we're up 500%. in it. <laughs> yes, she said, why? And um, I said, you didn't
4: do the business proposal, did you? I told, I told you, have her- to do the business plan.
3: Okay, what? she goes. I go. She goes. I want to buy more. Okay, And I'm like, <laughs> no, we're not buying one. And then she goes, Dana is buying one, and uh, my sister's buying one. She goes, everyone's buying a Peloton. And then, I, then I, I get my business plan. I said, but Lisa, look what happened to Zoom. Zoom went from five sixty eight or five eighty eight. It's all time high. And it, you know, it really getting hit off earnings. And she and she goes, um, "Well, where would to go to?" And I said, "Well, it got back to around four hundred dollars." She goes, "Well, we got some cash. Let's buy Zoom." See, makes you buy <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> Are you long Zoom now? Oh no, no. I just was like, I, I was like, you okay. went in there trying to sell Peloton, and she made you and buy Zoom. He ended
2: up. He ended up buying <laughs> he Zoom. Ended
3: up buying Zoom. <laughs> I'm I, I like I like okay. I go we'll just you know we'll just let it This is the way it end. is. Joel can <laughs> isn't allowed to sell. <laughs> I don't know, it was her call. And you know what also she told me that she bought and she didn't tell me? She buys stuff without telling you now? Yeah. what Kohl's. Did she buy? Coles. Oh, she's like a genius. <laughs> when did she buy Kohl's? She's savvy. She's savvy. When did she buy that? Uh like a couple of weeks
4: ago. She's like the best trader yeah. ever. Get her on the show. We're replacing <laughs> Joel with Lisa. <laughs> Doctor, she makes up two weeks ago. That's right when it
3: broke out. She's uh, a genius. I, I think she's, maybe at night, I think she's like coming downstairs and turning she's on like my computer. She's like this closet trading god. Goddess. Yeah.
4: She's like a trading god. Oh, no, she
3: said something about shows or something, uh, or sales or something. But they always have sales. It's like, you know, she gets a lot of stuff from there. Holy so I she, don't know. She just is,
4: is awesome at this trading business.
3: And I'm not going to mention. The, hang the up first... the medical
4: license, become a full time trader.
3: And I'm not going. I'm not going to mention uh, a buddy of mine who we we do have. We do place a little money with, and uh, he told her not to buy it. And she and, he, and she's like, I'm buying twice as much.
2: Hey, no, wait, wait, wait. When, you're hot, <laughs> when you're hot, you're hot. She's feeling she's so hot, man. I know. And
3: Jason
4: <laughs> Rosnick, Lisa Alconin and uh <laughs>
3: and uh and dave portnoy uh yeah, portnoy, portnoy. but anyways uh i did, i had to tell that story because i was just shaking my head after that i'm like, yeah, like i try
4: sounds- to, to sell peloton and i have to buy zoom now
3: <laughs> yes
4: <laughs> happy wife uh, happy life joel listen to your wife and it, you can't go wrong yep Yep. Because if you sell that Peloton and it goes to 200 you will never hear the end of that one. Yep. <laughs> so you have no choice. You have to hold. <laughs> and you know no, what? I- let's, let's be honest with the Peloton. Let's talk the technicals because it's held up fairly well. Are they due to report anytime soon, Spencer? They, Peloton, they, they, or
3: they, uh, it was recently,
4: wasn't they already,
2: it? They already reported.
4: They already reported. Okay, yeah. I forget. You know, I have the like goldfish memory. It's only six seconds, so I don't remember. I'm assuming the gap down in the chart was probably earnings day. Yeah, I. I mean, it's actually holding up pretty good. It's holding, the technicals don't look bad here. Maybe it gets the end of the year run. Lisa might be right here again. I don't want fade Lisa. So you know what? If you wanted to, if you wanted to, you could. Double bottom from the last two days, Joel. You could lean on that, and you could try along here. 110. I would stop myself up below the 110. But if you wanted a sneaky little low-risk Peloton trade, not that any trade in Peloton's low-risk, but if you wanted it, the 110, 110.20, the low from two days ago, yeah. or from yesterday, 110.30. So I'd say stop yourself out under 110. If you bought it here this morning, at like 113.5 is the offer. But, you know, you could probably get it at 113, work it a bit. I mean, you're risking three bucks and, you know, you're saying,
2: "Eh, maybe we should just run
4: again. Yeah. The gap. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like the setup just as a trade, not as an investment because I don't like Peloton long-term, but short-term kind of sets up. Okay.
3: Yeah. And and also from her perspective too, um, you know, I know the market, the world, you know, we're done with COVID, you know, she, she sees a little different angle on things like the hospitalization rates and everything. And she, you know, She's totally convinced, you know, we're gonna come out of this. We're gonna come out of this at some time and come out of this flying colors, but we're gonna have a bad stretch, you know. And I mean it it's pretty much inevitable to her point. January, February, March. So it's batting down yeah, batting down the hatches for that. So she you know, not that she's you know, these you know, going out for every stay at home stock, but um, you know, that's just a little bit of perspective. But if it gets back up to one twenty and fills that gap, then i I might have another little chat with her about it.
4: <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. So we went from Tesla to Peloton to Kohl's. Rain us in here, Mr. Israel. Right. There's a lot of other stocks talking about. We actually had a lot of cloud earnings last night. If you yeah, want to
2: go to exactly Oh, right. a ton of
3: cloud <laughs> earnings.
2: That's where I wanted to go. Head into
3: the clouds.
2: You had CrowdStrike, you had Splunk, you had Zscaler, you had Snowflake. Uh Going in opposite directions here because Splunk is your big loser of the morning, but uh CrowdStrike and and Zscaler hmm. are are up. So, oh man,
4: it, it's it's so interesting. You get one reports, one Cloud Stock reports, and it tanks, and the other Cloud Stock reports, and it rallies. It was a mixed mixed bag there last night. I'll tell you that much. So, like you said, Zscaler up sixteen bucks. CrowdStrike strike trading up 18 bucks. Snowflake, they didn't like that one for whatever reason, but it was down a lot more. It has bounced. You know, actually, most of them are up now. OK, TA, I guess buy the dip works again. Then you had the Splunkster, and the Splunkster bringing up the rear something fierce. Splunk, let's go to this one. It's down 44 bucks here this morning. 44 points. Is this the AYX of the cloud now? I guess I, I guess AYX isn't cloud, but it's like those momos. But, right? Yeah, AYX is cloud, isn't it? Alterics? yes, it's kind of tied in there, so Anyway, It's been the dog of all these, you know, little tech names for a long time. It's oh. now the new AYX,
2: so anyway, they missed their missed estimates badly. <sighs> the earnings per share they lost seven percent, uh, sorry, they lost seven cents versus a nine cent gain estimate. Their revenue came in at 558 million versus 612 million-dollar estimates. They missed badly on both their EPS and the sales for the quarter. Uh, They gave some Q4 sales guidance. That was also below expectations. So just a miss across the board.
4: So I don't know what to say. I know in some of these, when its stock gets hit this hard, it usually doesn't pay to be the first person in. And the The best example I can give is AYX. Go back to August AYX, when it went from 170 down to 130. And I got burned because it got down to like 125. And I was like, okay, that's good enough. And then it continued down for the next three days. And I was like, wow, I traded that really poorly. So buying the dip works unless the dip is just massive like this. Then you kind of got you've You've hurt so many people so bad that a lot of times you got to let the dust settle a little bit. So maybe you eventually have a play here, but I think coming in on day one, I'm not doing it. It's the dip is just simply too big and you've got some people really burned. You've taken out every technical support level. Everybody who has bought this stock basically since May is instantly down money. So that's a problem. So and it's it's a stock that really when you put it in perspective some of these cloud names are up a lot more than this one so and here's one that's back to its may levels which is you know insanity to think about so i think there's an opportunity eventually but i don't want to be on day one i'm going to wait until the stock stops going down because even in the crm case i mean if you were buying the early dip of 132 they went to 116 so or 216 232 to 216 so obviously a lot less than
3: percentage wise but i think some
4: people are really burned in this
3: uh what what do you see in bid offer there dennis because it, it's uh, fairly
4: liquid man yeah 20 cents wide lots on the offer 16106 pile offers actually so somebody's got an algo or something whole bunch like 9 14 7 all in different exchanges so somebody's working a piece out um at 16106 so that's not good news
3: well, and I look at it like someone's really wants to own this at one one sixty eighty one sixty eighty two. So it's kind of stock right now. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is someone, you know, I don't know, maybe just a huge short, hey, this is the windfall of the century. I'm taking, you know, covering, you know, I'm long the 200 puts or something. But uh, yeah, it's bringing in stock there. So I'll use 161 as a swing level. Get above that. I mean, this all could be one of these days where, and you do see these in stocks like this. I'm not saying it's going to be this. You know, you see a trade one sixty eighty to, you see a trade down here. Thing opens up at one sixty five, and you know, it never looks back. You know, I don't know if this is going to be one of those occasions, but I keep 161's my swing level. If we manage to rally back up and come down to it uh, on the monthlies, I got nothing for you folks. Uh, the next monthly low comes in oh why we're even below the 170 oh no the next month low one thirty-one thirty-four. so really can't give you much on that one besides uh that price action here at 161 is really interesting and uh there's someone nibbling here They're, they're they're holding it i think
4: they're nibbling early Okay. There early. I think it could continue to leak here. So I'm not and it's not like it was chopping around. It's just slowly continued to yeah, like it, you look at these after hours charts, and they can really be a talent. People don't look at this stuff. But you have the boom, the boom, the boom. Look at the first four candles there on the top left hand corner of the chart you're all showing. So it just teaches you, you know, why you know we use pre-market step after down hours. Seller. Yeah, you got people just getting out, and then you know, now you've kind of found where it wanted to be at like 167, 160, and then started to leak and leak and leak and leak. And typically you just don't see these things rip right back just because you know, you've know you had six, seven hours of trading now where it's been heavily under 170. It's a lot of volume, already 483,000 shares of traded here this morning. So you have prices memory and as more volume comes into those prices, there's more people who have bought it at these prices thinking there's a dip and everybody who's been trying to buy the dip all morning continues to get crushed. That's why I think Splunk can actually go lower and that's exactly what we're yeah. trying to do right I, uh... now as we talk. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. And also, you know, you get, uh, you know, people uh, like Dennis who like, oh, I'm going to take this home at eight o'clock, you know, it, it really didn't get killed too bad. 167.50 uh, was the last eight o'clock print. <laughs> it opens up and it does, you know, oh, people wake up, start. They even see that closing print, that 8 p.m. 8 p. print. So even if you were so inclined to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and whack this thing. Yeah. You're still looking at seven bucks, and you know, in profits yeah. here. Yeah. I I don't
4: think this bounces right back.
3: No, no. They, it, want l- they want snow.
4: They want snow.
3: They want snow. Okay. Too much on Splunk. I was gonna go to the weekly charts, but you guys can figure it out on your own. Snow. Uh, snow. Spence, snow
2: yeah, snow is their first report as a public company. They're So again, okay, not much, not much to compare it to. But the EPS came in uh, below estimates, and their sales beat. So mixed, mixed quarter. As far as estimates, they gave some Q4 product sales guidance as well. That was okay.
3: Not surprised at this price action at all. I mean, look at the way the street was leaning into this report, Dennis. I mean, they did not want to be long going into this report. Oh, no, they, they hit it from 340 down to 280. So I was very confident that any pop in this was going to get sold. I mean, and it spiked down. You you really got a pop. The highest you've been over. 290 uh this 280 looks interesting because you had a low there so that's your for let's keep an eye on 280 for now uh next stopping point on the downside actually that what i thought was 280 is actually two seventy seven thirty. so that's your next daily low to keep an eye on
2: uh, let's just finish up. Finish this up before we we, we bring Alan on. And we'll do CrowdStrike here. We mentioned them all yeah. in one fell swoop. And CrowdStrike is up this morning. The earnings were good. They beat on the EPS, beat on the sales, and they gave good guidance as well. Good guidance for the quarter and good guidance for the year. Very good guidance.
4: I mean, this stock's making new highs. So when stocks make new highs, I don't want to be short them. Um, I I don't this know. Is, I, I never chase them up sixteen bucks, but this
3: CrowdStrike, yeah, this one's be very interesting to me. Because it okay, did, why? it did sell off, right ahead of the report, like CrowdStrike. Yeah, a little bit. And, yeah. yeah, or like uh, the other one. Yeah. And now you're getting all those losses back, and same, you're above an all-time high, right? By five yeah. bucks, uh, right or four bucks. So it's being held up right here. I'd say if this doesn't get out and make a new pre-market high, pre-market high stands at 163 even. Might get a little bit of a fade into this because, you know, people that didn't sell here are thinking, wow, they're right back at all time high. And then you had four monthly highs in this area, too. So uh, if you're buying this total breakout, you're buying at 160. I mean, I to just hold those levels. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I, I would not want to see this thing pull back. I mean, look at the monthly chart here. Has that been around that long, huh? Like, look Important. at all those highs. Or yeah. that it holds
4: those levels that Joel's talking
3: about. Yep.
2: yep. Valentine. Talk some pot. Uh, Alan is will be on in, in a moment, so he's okay. not here just yet. Wait, did we cover Zscaler as well? I don't remember. No, ZS. we didn't. It's uh, up 16 bucks. Same story. Earnings beat, EPS beat, sales beat, good guidance.
4: One problem is it's not above its highs, so that you have a, a serious level to contend with on Zscaler, which is a September 2nd high of 163.80. So that is the important level. I don't know what it did after hours. Joel bring up that chart for you right now. It's it has been through there. But now that it's not above there, I mean, that's the serious level to contend with. And yeah. there's a size seller at 164 that's saying it holds. So you got a serious level to contend with. If it can get up there and start going 165, 166, maybe it can continue. But again, buying the rips, it's not the name of the game. It's buy the dip, sell the
3: rip. So I'm not buying
4: the rip.
2: Joel, any thoughts? No? Okay.
3: Uh, uh, just right. Yeah, you had the old time high here. And same thing, same level, uh, Dennis gave. Right here, you had the all-time high, 163.80. You're trading just above that, so 164. Get above whole – you know, you're buying this. You want to see it. Get above the uh, pre-market high and just keep on going.
4: Do you know what stock made a new all-time high yesterday? What? Disney. I
2: thought, I thought you were going to say Spotify.
4: Can you believe that the California park is closed the, the or the orlando park is like 10 percent capacity or something stupid like that like they had to cut the dividend to zero because they're trying to save money they furloughed a bunch of employees and the stocks making new all-time highs because it has disney plus story is just a story they said you know they were even saying somebody analyst was on cbc the other day saying this stock wins in the pandemic and it wins without the pandemic because it's disney plus for the story to carry it, if we go into lockdown, and it has the parks to carry it, if we go into reopening, and I mean that's the way the market is looking at this. It doesn't make any fundamental sense, but it kind of makes sense from the story perspective. So I kind of get it, just from that perspective. And stories carrying stocks, and I mean they're looking at this as an all everything stock reopens, great, we got the parks. Goes lockdown, great, we got Disney Plus. I mean this this is the epi- this is like the glass half full stock of the year right here.
2: All right. I'm bringing on Alan Brockstein right now. Uh, he, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is the author of uh, The 420 Investor. He's a founding partner of New Cannabis Ventures. Joins us periodically to give us his view on the pot sector, pot stocks, because they're hot right now. Alan, good morning.
1: Hey, can you hear me?
2: We can hear you. We can see you.
1: Awesome. Um, this, is a, this is a first... <laughs> How are you guys doing? No technical difficulties. <laughs> There's always
2: pickup, but not today. Alan, what's going on? The sector has got some, got some juice behind it again.
1: You know, I have to tell you, almost eight years uh, into this, this is the most excited I've ever been. Uh, nice. I can finally uh, wear my CFA hat proudly and uh, say <laughs> that uh, uh, Moses has led his tribe to the promised land. Well, why, why are you so
4: excited? I mean, it's been a hell of a run for these pot stocks in the last month, but why is this time different?
1: Uh, yeah, and you know, those are dangerous words and I, I used those <laughs> words a couple of years ago and I, I tried to explain to people, when I showed up in, in 2014, uh, it was the wild west in the publicly traded, this was just a theme and the publicly traded companies were total crap on the OTC, no money, no real business, yada, yada, yada. And beginning in 2018, we, we started to see a big change where like the real cannabis companies in the United States were making their way to the publicly traded markets, but it was a tough few years, uh, obviously. And, and just to fast forward it, you know, there was a lot of excitement in 2018 when California legalized, but like many of these implementations, it, it didn't go very well. And, uh, so we went through the vaping crisis uh, at the end of 2019 and the pandemic this year, but, uh, you know, the last few times I've been on the show, I've talked about how uh, it took me, you know, about eight weeks to figure it out. But uh, we put in a good low in March and began what I think is the third wave. And I would characterize this year my index, uh, the new Cannabis Ventures Global Cannabis Stock Index, uh, is now up year to date. Uh, it was down, made an all time low in March. It's way, it's uh, like 170% or something nice. Nice off right those down. lows. And you know, it felt like a dead cat bounce, honestly, at first. And we were all trying to understand what does all this mean for the cannabis industry? And so what's happened has been just nothing but positives. The demand side has been exceptional. Uh, the pandemic itself has led to uh, people having extra time and money on their hands and a lot of anxiety. That's a good combo for cannabis but uh, we've also seen some structural uh, improvements at the state level in terms of allowing delivery and curbside pickup, which uh, now has enabled an almost amazon.com-like experience for people who wanna buy cannabis. They can go online, look at a menu, click, and it shows up at their house. Um, of course, an adult has to be there, but everybody is at home, so it works. Uh, on top of that, you know, we just went through these elections And, uh, you know, Canada's won the election. They're still trying to figure out who's going to control the Senate, obviously, but uh, clearly these ballot initiatives, uh, especially in the key states of New Jersey and Arizona, where there are a lot of publicly traded companies already operating, uh, it's just huge. So uh, I'm excited. I want to just before we go on, I've been telling my subscribers about really there's four legs to my bullishness right now to this throne of campfire investing. One is the fundamentals, very solid. Two would be the technicals. And I I know Dennis, you're really into these charts, just some exceptional charts. A few examples of things that are a little ahead of themselves, but uh, a lot of rotational opportunities. So good technicals. The valuation, uh, you know, cannabis valuations have always been problematic. Uh, It's not Warren Buffett territory right now, but there's some, I don't think people would object to the valuations. there's a lot of, you, you can do the math on EBITDA, revenue, things like that. And it's not insane. But I, I think the most important thing where I have a unique advantage is sentiment. And I've been doing this, like I said, for almost eight years. And while all three of those things have lined up spectacularly, sentiment hasn't caught up. And uh, while there's, you know, I, I get it. People have been burned in the space. But the, the objective things that I look at say that people aren't really beginning to show up yet. So, uh, so
2: well I, I want, to, I, I, I want to do one thing, uh Alan, yeah. just UWS in the chat, just caution you that Moses did not get into the promised land. So. I know
1: I don't get to go in the promised land. You know, I don't buy cannabis stocks, and yeah. uh I was gonna buy an ETF even, uh, and I decided it just was not consistent with my mission of trying to be as objective as I can. Hey,
2: I actually want to ask you, uh, yeah. was it was it MSOS? It was. Okay, let's go there. Uh, You noted last week that the assets under management in this thing have just exploded. This ETF um, opened, what, in September at 2 million, with 2 million in assets, Is at like 120 right now. What do you think is behind that growth?
1: So, look, uh, I, I have no commercial relationship uh, with these guys. So I, I, This is a free pump. I don't own it. Uh, and, and by the way, I would not advise investing in it. I would advise subscribing to my service and beating it like I'm doing. But with that said, uh, one of the big problems facing uh, U.S. cannabis companies is that they're relegated to the CSE and the OTC. You can't be on a major exchange. And if you want to know what being on a major exchange looks like, look at the Canadian LPs and the trading volumes they get, look at Grogen, look at IIPR, that's what glory looks like. And then you look at these better companies than the Canadian LPs, at least from a fundamental perspective, and they don't get the liquidity. A lot of people can't invest in them. Well, the smart institutions, I say that, but some of the smart institutions like Putnam and Wasatch are figuring out how to get in. And there was a very large uh, transaction reported, I believe in November, it might've been in, actually it was in October where uh, an unnamed fund put about 80 million US into GTI by taking out uh, some early investors. So an off-market transaction. So we're starting to see the funds get in, but for most investors who want to, let's say trade on Robinhood or or anywhere, they on Robinhood, you can't buy American cannabis companies. MSOS is on Robinhood. Most why is that? Why is that? Why is, why is what? I'm sorry. Yeah, why
4: can't you buy them on
1: Robinhood? Because they're on the OTC and the CSC, and, and Robinhood doesn't allow that. I didn't. And know on top of that, even if it were allowed, like you can trade this stuff. Like there, you know, I get subscribers that complain, depending on their broker, they have to pay additional fees or phone in orders. It is not easy to trade these companies on the, you know, in your brokerage account, if you're a US citizen, and you if you don't want to invest and trade on the CSE, and you want to do an OTC trade. So I think the universe of investors in the United States is so much bigger than what's there now. And so long story short, MSOS is a way to allow people who can't navigate the current system to get in.
2: And again, it's 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 multi-state operators in the US. Uh, yeah.
1: So look, so I, I want to say a big caveat. So they don't actually invest in these companies. They invest in derivatives. And mm-hmm. I, I always tell my subscribers, this is right now not an issue. But if we were to get into a financial crisis, it might be an issue. We don't even know who the counterparties are. So, uh, but I don't think that's a high risk. But these guys figured out a way around. And one of my criticisms of all the ETFs to date has been, they're, they're almost fraudulent. I mean, they're not committing fraud legally, but uh, MJ, everybody talks about it. Briefing.com always is pointing to it. Like when there's good news for the United States, it's, it's so bogus. There's not a one company in there that benefits from good news in the United States. It's crazy, But uh, and th- their assets are under a billion now, but it's close to a billion. And, and the reality is MSOS is uh they have another one, advisor shares called uh uh I don't know the the symbols. There's, there,
2: there's, there's potx, there's a few. There's no, no, none of
1: these other ones are any good. So the, the reality is <laughs> sure. they don't have liquidity, they don't have the pure exposure. There there may be some, but they don't have the assets yet. And uh I think these are the only guys that are in the MSOs. Maybe I'm wrong on some of these smaller ETFs, but I, I've been paying attention to this from day one when HMMJ launched. And I've always noted uh, the challenges of these MSOs. So so look, MSOS ha- hasn't really reached the true critical mass of, you know, a billion dollars or something like that, but it did cross that hundred million threshold and, uh, a lot of from what I understand, a lot of the platforms out there, they won't even let their advisors on their
2: that's, that's I was gonna add that too. The the yeah. hundred million is, is often like the the, the breaking point, the maker break. Exactly.
1: So I I think this is the beginning of something there. And uh, so kudos to the guy to Noah Hammond and the guys at uh advisor shares for for kind of solving a big problem. We're on the line with
3: Alan Brockstein. He's the uh the author of the 420 investor letter. Uh Alan, uh, the news, I think it was yesterday, the news about the United Nations or maybe even the day before, uh declassifying it as uh, you know, as uh as schedule four, schedule five drug. I I just didn't think that was like such huge news, but uh the market seemed to think the opposite. Uh, or is it just uh it's just the algos and people running with yeah. the news. What, what, what's,
1: your, what's your? It's a bull market. I mean, I can say this with with just a lot of confidence and pride. We are in a bull market, and in the past, we've always had these flash in the pans. Uh, the 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 elections in 2016 spike, pullback. Uh, the California legalization spike, pullback. So this time we're in a sustainable bull market, and uh, so any kind of news gets convoluted and distorted. And it's always positively. I agree 100% with you that this is totally meaningless in the short term. It actually reflects a broader positive in that the world is moving towards cannabis legalization. I don't think we're going to legalize the United States for five years. It's too complicated. Mm -hmm. They'll work on it. They may make some improvements. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Honestly, the best thing for these companies is that it remains the way it is status quo has been beautiful for these leading companies. And, you know, finally they have, uh, you know, and I pointed to the trading volumes being a lot lower but they're high enough. We, we saw several companies do capital raises, not your largest ones. Well, actually Leaf did, <clears throat> but the, uh, we saw uh, Jushi, Planet 13, I'm try- uh, Forefront. These are three second tier, companies do uh, capital raises, and then their stocks traded th- traded up to new highs. So we're in a different environment and uh, we're seeing better liquidity. Uh, it's gonna be a lot more fun when uh, there's not the headwind of lack of capital.
3: Uh, uh, we, we used to have you on a while ago. We uh, we always talked about GWPH, right? I love
1: GWPH. Okay,
3: and I'm looking at this thing now. Reverse head and, and
1: shoulders, targets 212. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I love Whoa. that target. Well, the look, at, look at the deal. You you're going to like my chart. Hold on.
3: You're going to like my bottom right chart if you're looking because you had that all-time high, 192. Yeah. Got down to 69.50. Uh, you're taking back the 50% retracement. Bunch of highs here at 143. Uh, monthly highs, that is. So, man, this but- thing... It poised a rocket so everything
1: I'm you okay. say is correct and, and you know the best investors know how to uh, integrate what you just said the technical side with the fundamental side that that's what's made me succeed at, uh, at uh, 420 investor which and other places which is you know to recognize a good chart but also how do you get conviction in that is this some piece of paper some crap company no this company is Unparalleled. There's not a planet, uh, a company on the planet that has done what they've done, which is to get a a major drug through the FDA. There's been some some, uh, uh, generics, but a proprietary drug through the FDA like this that has a billion dollar market uh, opportunity, nobody. But that's only the beginning. And I think what investors don't appreciate the, the risk of GW has been that it's a one trick pony. Uh, that it's Epidiolex and, and, and that's it. But in fact, they have another drug that's uh, approved on, I think, 22, 25 markets. It's not heavily marketed. It's uh, over there, it's called Sativex. Over there is mainly Europe. And uh, so they, they, they tried to get this in the United States a few years ago. And the European, or actually the, the American, no, the European side of this new approach to the same drug that's already proven safe didn't meet statistical significance for advanced cancer pain. So now they're trying to get it on the market for exactly what it's approved for in Europe. This is a layup. This is as easy as it gets for a new drug. So they're calling it nabixamols here and it's uh, I think a 50-50 combo of CBD and THC and the drug uh, is for MS spasticity and that's a big market, but then they have some other things that they'll be pursuing beyond that. So I think there's a lot of growth behind uh, wh- whoever was selling this down to 90 or wherever it bottled. Oh, it got down to 70. Crazy. And what happened was the momentum guys uh, got a little bit carried away and the stock got ahead of itself. And then they they merely met the expectations two quarters ago. And I listened to the call and they did not sound very confident in what's going on is uh, the parents of children with epilepsy aren't anxious to go out during COVID-19 and take their kids to the doctor to explore new medicines. So a little bit of a slowdown in, in, in what they were seeing in patient growth. And then the other thing is for them to grow, they need to get more doctors prescribing it as well. So those visits have moved from physical to virtual. And so they were projecting maybe some challenges, didn't pan out that way. And they were able to show a really strong quarter Uh, This is a company that's never provided any guidance. Uh, So you just kind of have to listen to them and kind of get a feel for what they're thinking and seeing. I I tend to take a more long-term view. And I I think this is a good value, great company with a lot of IP. And I will be shocked if they're a a publicly traded company uh, at the end of 2021.
2: Wow, you're saying someone's going to take them out? Yeah. Interesting. Um,
1: That that doesn't uh, need to happen, by the way. Right.
2: Uh, wait, Alan, last one for you, We just. what do you think about beverages, whether it's sports beverages and you know, canopy growth has has their thing, but is beverages a major driver here?
1: So beverages have, have really been uh, a non-issue. <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, when it comes to THC, the onset has been too slow and there's taste issues. So in any market, there's never really been a very big uh, presence. And, and another thing is they're big. They take up a lot of shelf space. So In Canada, it's a real problem. You can't buy a six pack, you can only buy a five pack. It's crazy, but uh, just the way it works, you can't get, they have a 50 milligram uh, cap, so 10 milligrams per bottle, five bottles, that's all I can do. So here's the deal though, Uh, I don't don't wanna be a, I've been negative on beverages and and they're not a big deal yet, but the technology is getting a lot better and you've got a lot of beverage companies really focused on this and so I think over time, this will be a bigger category, but here's what's gonna make it work. Well, why do beverages do so well? It's because they're enjoyed in a social setting, the people drink coffee together, they drink beer together, they drink wine together. So all these products are getting better, but unfortunately we're lagging on the ability to, to unless it's in our homes, to get together and enjoy these drinks together in social settings. Uh, so you know, as I look out over the next two to five years, uh, we're already seeing like in, in where you guys are in Michigan. Uh, I don't know if it's implemented yet, but they're headed there in California. They're headed there The uh, in Las Vegas. They'll get there. And so as these markets allow social consumption, uh, people think of that's just around smoking. It's also the ability to have beverages. And so I, I think it's a promising more longer term development. I wouldn't get too excited <clears throat> right now. One, one thing that I would make an exception on, we're, we're starting to see the ability to take powders and pour them into whatever you're drinking. I think you know that gets around that form factor, shipping costs, shelf space, all these other challenges. So uh, I think I'm paying attention to that one.
2: All right. If this isn't enough cannabis for you, I want to mention that we have another show that is devoted specifically to cannabis. It's the Benzinga cannabis hour. It's every Thursday. Oh wait, that's today. Every Thursday it's at 3 PM. I'm sorry, 4 PM Eastern time. It goes from four to five. Alan's been on it. Uh, It's on Benzinga's YouTube channel. So if you're watching this right now, it's the same exact spot on our YouTube channel. It's on again at, at four. So after Joel and I wrap at the close, it's on right there. And uh, again, it's every Thursday. Alan's been on. It's an hour-long show every week devoted specifically to cannabis. The Benzinga Cannabis Hour you can Google that, or just, again, it's on our YouTube channel every Thursday at 4 o'clock. Alan Brockstein is the author of 420 Investor. He's a founding partner of New Cannabis Ventures. You can find him on Twitter at 420 Invest. Alan, we always appreciate your, your insights. I love, I love your candor. You call it like it is. We appreciate it. Your knowledge. Have a good one.
1: All right, thanks guys. Take it thanks, easy. Thanks, Alan. Talk to you soon.
2: All right. Uh, there is, wow, it is 8.58. <laughs> there's a lot we didn't get you to today. We oh.
1: always keep Alan longer. <laughs> <Alan's
4: great. laughs>
3: Alan, we keep Alan Brackstein, Mark Yusko. Who else do we give? Uh, we went eight.
4: overtime for Mark Yusko. Jason Isaac always gets overtime. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah so there's so some... because he pays for the show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there
2: are some other headlines, too. He's awesome. That you know that we, we had a merger uh last night. We have XPO. A- XPO is spinning off their logistics business. So XPO logistics is I guess gonna be just XPO now. We had Costco had November sales out uh this morning. So um a bunch of stuff we didn't get to. Can look a lot up, of news headlines. Can, can, can we look at Boeing fast? Boeing is um I wanna say Non-stop breaking out. Here? flyer. You do wanna say it's breaking out?
1: Is that it is. It is
4: again. I mean, the reopening trade is on and fully on. If you don't have any reopening stocks, you got to be looking at pullbacks to get in the reopening stocks because you got a little one yesterday. American Airlines was down, closed at the high of the day, continues to go higher. We have talked about the cruise lines. I own NCLH. I think the cruise lines are going higher. Um, had somebody reach out to me, me on Twitter, asked me about Hawaiian Holdings, which is Hawaiian Airlines. I think it's a good way to play it What's that too. that Yeah, H-A. Yeah. But you just think about what oh, are people going to do? It, me, me and Raz talked about this a week ago on the show. What are people going to do when they start to, you know, all of a sudden get the vaccine starts coming out? People are going to want to do stuff again. They're going to want to go out. They're going to want to travel. I think the travel stocks have a really great second half of 2021. And if you think the market price is six months out, they're going to start pricing that in sooner than later. The only obviously risk here is um, that COVID starts to get worse or the vaccines start to not work. So if the vaccines work and we start to get out of this crisis, I think travel stocks are going to benefit tremendously from it. So I'm trying to get long some of these reopening plays um, and trying to stay long. I've got a few of them on right now. NCLH is probably you know one of the peer plays, but I think there's I think there's an opportunity here to be buying the pullbacks and the reopening plays. Boeing I think for,
3: yeah, someone was asking here about American Airlines. I mean, you are clearing the highs from the last two sessions, which you know, no big deal, uh right at the uh just under 15, but I think if you if you really want to get excited about this, you want to take out that 1550 high. I believe it was 1550 1556. On November twenty seventh, that's the big level. That will be the next leg up. And also, if you're looking at this on the uh, you know on the monthly chart down here, this thing you know is a steal. It uh, if you're looking for any kind of retracement here, right? I mean, it's sixty bucks. It's, so yeah, I
4: know. Well, that's it. You look at what's down significantly. You got Disney making new all-time highs because they're viewing that either way. But I'm not going in Disney. And, you know, obviously, maybe Disney's going to be $200 stock when it turns it around because the parks will open. They all get on board. So I don't want to be short that either. But you're right. American Airlines, $60 stock was a few years ago. So it was really 30 when the crisis started. Yep. So it's still 50% down from where. So, you know, it's a pretty significant discount. But there's a lot of restaurants, too. I mean, you know, some of these restaurants have really come back, though. Like, you keep thinking. Oh, yeah, there's some deals there. But I mean, you look at DRI and <laughs> so it's hard to kiss new all time highs. Brinker International Eat has went look at Eat when we all were never going to go to a restaurant again. $41 got down to seven bucks. It's $51. So if you're coming in these now, I mean, most of the easy money's been made. But I think there's a catch up trade in some of the airlines, some of the cruise lines, and the market is saying Boeing's a catch up trade here too. So I think on pullbacks I don't like buying reps but you get some dips and you know you, you continue to get those opportunities yesterday morning was one of them again I think you start putting reopening stocks in your portfolio
2: I, I feel like every day Dennis just like tries to short. And he's like, ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I try not to short <laughs> anything right now. I, can't, it, I can't short this. I can't short that. I can't short that. <laughs>
4: yeah. And obviously I still stay hedged, but you know, right. in my trading portfolio, but long-term in a swing account, it's yeah, all longs all right longs. now. Yep. I'm so mad at myself on Spotify too, because I bought Spotify and you know, when I, I, I talked myself out of it was when I got nervous, it's the stocks that all run pretty far. And I know it was Jeremy Newsom on the show and he was a little bit nervous and he had me nervous too. And I sold my Spotify that day at like two seventy and change. And here it is like seven days later, and it's three twenty with that huge move. I actually bought Spotify on the speculation that I was like, you know what, Howard still hasn't signed with Sirius. Imagine if Spotify (laughs) got imagine, just imagine if Spotify got Howard. Uh, What's that worth? Fifty bucks overnight?
3: I don't know if they have enough bandwidth uh, to handle Howard Stern. And uh, you
4: know, he prep. was talking with him at one time, and he still has not signed with Sirius. So, I mean, that's the wild that's card interesting for thought. Spotify.
2: Thought it's definitely. That's Down what spookas- I was, when it
4: was 262, When it was, I bought a 255 or 260, and then it went up like in two days, like in the 270s. And then I talked myself out of it and sold it. I should have held it, obviously. But that was my, you know, I'm just like thinking, i make maybe there's a chance that they get Howard. I mean, if they don't get Howard, it's not going to get slammed. But if they do get Howard, that thing will rally 50 bucks. So because nobody, you know, right now everybody's assuming he's going back to Sirius. But, you know, that's why I would not want to be long Sirius until they get Howard Stern. Because you think about what Joe Rogan was worth to Sirius and maybe some people are saying or to to Spotify, some people are saying Joe Rogan's bigger than Howard now, which might be the case. But Howard's still got a big name. And if Spotify, if he ever, you know, went somewhere else, Sirius would get smacked and if you went to Spotify, I think it would rally significantly on Howard Sterns. I mean, it could, one of the Kardashians got, you know, like 20 points, didn't they, on Spotify?
2: Everyone gets, gets 10, 20 points. Yeah, I
4: know. What, what's Howard Stern were? If it happened. I'm not saying, you yeah, know, I'm uh, just
2: saying knows? it's possible. I don't know.
4: Who
3: some... I know Agnes and, uh, her son, uh, found us on Spotify? I love Spotify. I know Agnes and her son found us on Spotify if you uh, if you've listened to us or found us on Spotify, could you put uh, spot in the chat? I'm just curious. I know I know Agnes who usually participates in the afternoon show, but we're on there. Yeah. I, it's delayed though.
2: Yeah, it's the podcast version. So unless yeah.
3: someone starts putting it on during the pre-pre-market show then it's not delayed.
2: Yeah it was one time. <laughs> All right. everybody that's it it is 905 we're gonna wrap here we appreciate all your comments in the chat all the super chats all the likes hit that like button show us some love it helps us out we appreciate that uh thanks of course to our guest today alan team. you can catch a replay of the show as we mentioned we're on every major podcast platform it includes spotify it includes soundcloud it includes itunes google stitcher uh tune in i think i got them all uh yeah and you can always email us, premarketadvenzinka.com. Please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only. Not Who's for- our guest tomorrow? Or not for investing or trading advice. What do you got? Um, good question. I actually have to go to the calendar because I don't remember. Um, oh, it's Friday. Jason Ras. Oh
3: right! Oh, I forgot. Oh, oh, I forgot, forgot. Ras. Don't forget. It's a, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he signed, <laughs> signed off. <laughs> hopefully he signed off. He's arrest. not a guest. He's not a guest.
2: Uh, I mentioned. Don and I will be back at three forty p.m. Eastern time. Until then, have a good rest of your day and good luck.